You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 38 called Eight Classroom Projects with Music, Technology, and Whirly EDU. In this episode, Geis and I review some of the research-based benefits that music can bring to any learning environment. We compile eight specific project ideas for your class that involve music and the ed tech you need to create it. And in our final segment, we sit down with the team from Whirly EDU, an ed tech music service that is poised to change the game of music education. Check it out. Hey, Nick, we're back for episode number 38. I can't believe we're on 38, and I can't believe it's already the end-ish of July. I know, we're deep in the summer, but it's kind of my favorite part of summer because you sort of establish this new routine of what do I do when I don't have to go into work every day, and it gives you a lot of opportunities to maybe get into some things you wouldn't have time to otherwise, and I think this episode fits that. We're bringing you a music-themed episode today, which is interesting because I know you can't sing. I definitely don't have a musical bone in my body. Body, but and yet we're featuring this for today's podcast. Yeah, but the great thing about this podcast is it's not just for music teachers; it's for all teachers. Even though I can't dance, well, I can dance. You can dance. That's true. Even though I can't sing <laughs> and I can't carry a tune, uh, I do love music. And whether it's me on a sports field when I was, you know, 16, getting pumped up to the uh, Thank God I'm a Country Boy John Denver uh, song, or whether it's me now working with music in the background, I still love music. So for our first segment, we thought that we would at least try to convince everybody listening that music is a worthwhile endeavor uh, for your classroom. So there's a ton of benefits to involving music. And the first, maybe most obvious one, maybe not, is really just information retention. I always had my parents and teachers sort of yell at me for listening to music while I was trying to study and do other stuff. But research today actually says the opposite. And it's way, you're way more focused and it's way easier to retain and learn new things while listening to music. So as a classroom teacher, maybe that's a a good reason in and of itself to bring some music into your room. And going with that, creativity and concentration is another benefit of music. So for me personally, if there's no sound, I can't concentrate. Or if there's just a a leaky faucet, I can't concentrate. I need some distraction and, and certain types of music in the background. I find that, you know, country music or alternative music uh, can really help me just stay concentrated. And it also sparks creativity. Uh, I find myself doing the best work with music in the background. How about music just as a memory tool in and of itself? Little little jingles. We all have these memories. And if you're a teacher listening, then I'm sure you've got a bunch of these in your, you know, a handful of these things in your in your repertoire anyway. Uh, I always think of PEMDAS being in like that middle school algebra class, learning about the order of operations. That mnemonic PEMDAS is powerful by itself. But imagine a teacher that attaches it to some sort of a catchy song. You're silly, you're goofy, you sing it in front of the kids, everybody laughs, ha ha ha. But my gosh, does that song stick in your head to this day when I solve algebraic expressions, uh, even up in front of a, a classroom of students myself. I hear that jingle from 25 years ago in the back of my head, and that's how I get through the algebra because it was just 
just so catchy for some reason and so so powerful. The next one I'm going to struggle pronouncing because I always do, but engage kinesthetic learners. Close. All right, I tried. <laughs> but anyway, incorporating little breaks, especially if you're into block scheduling or something like that, where your 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 sessions or your periods are a lot longer, just to give them a little bit of a break from maybe a lesson that is taking a long time to go over. It's a lot of seat time. You can't get them up and moving around. Just taking a couple minutes, play a quick game of musical chairs or some type of impromptu dance session that I would win. You know, <laughs> I, I got some funky moves, but that's a good way to keep your students, especially that can't sit still and they need that time up and away. I used to send my students with a pass to go get me a box of, of tissues from the main office if I saw that they were moving around. But, you know, when the, uh, front office people realized that I got 75 boxes of tissues in the month of September. Yeah. You know, I had to come up with a, something different and definitely that's, music would fit that void. Another thing that's unique to music, and I didn't even know this until researching for the episode, it really can help students with physical disabilities too, especially when it comes to certain types of motion. If you play really soothing, slow music in the classroom, it kind of helps encourage or assists with more controlled movements. If that's the kind of thing, if you're doing an activity where that is required of the students, can help with that. On the flip side, if you play really fast kind of upbeat dance music it can help with faster more jerky motions if that's something you need to which could like I said could kind of be beneficial for a variety of different things you might be doing in your classroom and can help kids with those difficulties so the next one is increased uh, engagement and we're talking student created music here so if if you're having a gallery walk where students created these posters on a project and they're able to either choose the music or create their own music as to what is playing when people go view their poster that is a an increased way of getting student engagement for a project and can make it more interesting and how about for engagement using music as a powerful lesson hook that's how a lot of lesson plans start off right what is the hook that's going to bring kids in maybe you let the music do that for you i think that a, a good example i have is a, a lesson where the kids walk into my classroom and the lights are off the blinds are drawn it's almost pitch black and there's a big epic uh, uh classical soundtrack playing it's i think it's called o fortuna or something like that but it's just this really dark deep intense music and it's weird it's different the kids walk in the first thing out of their mouths is what's going on what is this about well imagine if every day the first thing your students said when they walked in is what's going on what is this all about that's that's like the ideal scenario that's what we want them to be saying and, and the music kind of helps create that mood that's that can serve all by itself as as an exciting hook or to make a hook seem more exciting for a lesson uh, student ownership is another big one I know we have music Mondays where uh, students get to select different songs that get played during passing time and I know students get very excited when their song is selected and they like to take ownership of that but going even you know into the classroom i know nick you have done this with your classes you started making playlists that are student selected yeah I was, it, I was always afraid to do it i felt like it would be mayhem if the kids could pick their own music but they're actually really responsible and they love it and when you play their own playlist if for whatever reason it actually like increases their focus big time way more than i ever expected so i cannot say enough about that and it kind of ties into the another uh, benefit of music too and that's classroom management songs are, are especially if you use the same song for the same thing they can serve as really powerful behavior cues uh, so using a certain song that 
that is a transition from one activity to the next. Little sound clip, whenever that plays, then the kids know, okay, we have to stop. We're moving on to something else. Just a great way to maybe end the class. You sort of bookend your lesson every day with the same intro and outro song is a good way to let them know when it's time to get focused and when it's time to start relaxing. And there's a ton of different ways to use music as behavior cues. Yeah, and the last one is mindfulness. And I know our district went to Mindfulness Mondays, which is uh, a designated period of time where if students choose to, they can go to a a spot and either do uh, meditation with music in the background, or sometimes they just uh, play calming, relaxing music and students sit in there and get recharged, refreshed, and then, you know, they head out for the rest of their day. But I, I find music is being very relaxing in that manner. So now that we've convinced everybody music is a worthwhile endeavor, make sure you stay tuned for the best part of the episode, which is some specific classroom projects that use music and music technology to engage your students. You can follow Got Tech outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at WeGotTech. All right, let's get a move on and let's start talking a little bit about how we can incorporate music into our classrooms. And these are all pretty creative ways. And it could be tailored to younger students or older students, depending on really your need. So I'll get right into it. And the first one is a musical makerspace. We all know makerspaces where we're building stuff out of Legos at the younger younger grades or at the older grades. We're making things on the 3D printer, uh, maybe some complex uh, modules things. Well, a musical makerspace is just the idea that students can go out and find things within the building, maybe a little scavenger hunt of things that they could use or reuse or recycle to make instruments. So they're going to make instruments and maybe after they get done making their own instruments, they record a beat or they they make a beat, record a beat, practice a beat, make a song, whatever you want to do. So I remember as a little kid loving to go take two paper plates or those plastic plates, putting uh, little popcorn kernels in there in between two uh, plates, stapling it together and making like a little tambourine rattle type thing. It was just fun. Yeah, that's, I never, I, that's creative. I never knew about that one, but yeah, that would be super cool. And you could even combine this with like a traditional maker space that involves, you know, a 3D printer if you want to get a little more advanced and then the students can build their own instruments that way or kind of tie that into. Um, another cool idea, this is sort of more of like a free form thing, just blend Blending art and science with music in general and what I can only describe as sort of just like a free play time with this new thing called Chrome Music Lab. And if you haven't checked out Chrome Music Lab, I think that may be the one of the top two or three things from this episode everybody should go play around with. Chrome Music Lab is, is super new, super experimental. Um, and when you go there, what you'll find is what the service pretty much calls a series of experiments. And they're really easy to, to play with. They almost feel game-like or sort of app-like where you click on one and it just lets you play and experiment with all sorts of different aspects of music and sound digitally. And they have, I think there's nine or 10 different things and each of them is so cool. Some are as simple as just like a song and a rhythm maker that you can create uh, your own song, your own beat with a bunch of different preloaded sounds. The song maker allows you to record your voice with the computer's microphone over top of that. You can download it and do all kinds of cool stuff. They have something called a spectrogram generator, which is a spectrogram is just like a visual image of sound waves, but it's really beautiful, like three-dimensional, so you can talk, you can hear your voice go low and go high and sort of see that represented differently, and it's it's super fascinating. And they have tons of stuff. One of my other favorite ones 
They, they called it uh, the Kandinsky, which is named after an artist. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why they chose this person's name, but you can just draw. You can doodle. And then it turns each of your doodles based on the shape of that doodle into a sound that it sort of plays on a loop. So you can literally turn your drawing into, uh, into a musical beat that kind of plays over and over again. And there's tons of others. I'm just going to say go check out the Chrome Music Lab. I think the possibilities with this are almost endless for just sort of learning about music and what it is and how it works and and some of the science behind that too so that one's super cool yeah one of the biggest topics that we talked about at the isd conference that we just got back from it was brought up over and over and over again and that's mindfulness and uh go noodle has this daily mindfulness activity which students lead and it's uh videos that are engaging um they will appeal to the younger population uh specifically but it allows your students to learn relax and have fun all at the same time and very little effort is put in by you you just kind to show them go noodle and they go there and they choose activities and they lead them and then each class will also create a champ or it's their version of an avatar right and as as these activities get implemented into the classroom maybe it's the first five minutes of the day maybe you do this like once or twice a week who knows but uh as the class acquires points their champ gets these uh power-ups they, they you get to add stuff to the avatar yeah go noodle super cool definitely elementary teachers check it out it's a big one um another thing that's kind of unique and is going to sound impossible when you first hear the idea that is designing a video game with its own music now i know most of you when you hear that your first thing you probably think is i can't design a video game that takes years upon years of work and that's true but i don't really mean actually code and build the video game of course if you know coding and you teach that kind of a computer course you could maybe go for that but i mean just sort of like the the idea maybe draw like a storyboard for the video game that ties in with some sort of content you're teaching the music piece comes into as part of your video game design or plan or storyboard is to actually also design the music for that video game and we can do this with a really cool online service called Beep Box. That's B-E-E-P-B-O-X. Beep Box is sort of what it sounds like. It's just a free digital music creator. Um, and it kind of just lets you add all these different tones and it plays them over and over again in a loop. There must be... 100 to 200 different tones you can choose from and it's so so simple completely free completely web-based all you need is a computer and a browser my real favorite thing about beatbox is when you create these tones there's no file to save uh, as you add different tones into your song the all the audio is automatically stored in the url so all they have to do to share the music they that they create is copy paste the URL and it's I don't know how they did it but the URL is like constantly changing every time the audio is changed too and it's sort of a way uh, to get around copyright laws and everything else it sounds like a really really cool service that was designed by a university somewhere and the best part about it is that all the little tones that you add they sound super video game like and hence kind of the tie-in with a design a video game with music project. All right, the next one is narrate a story with music. So I brought this up in a previous episode where a teacher used nursery rhymes and kids stories to kind of incorporate music in there to identify characters. So my favorite growing up, and I watched it all the time, and this one is kind of not as popular anymore and I can't understand why, but it it's uh, Peter and the Wolf. Every time a new character came, if they were good, they had a happy sounding little uh, musical clip. Whereas if it was the wolf coming in, it was this uh, low, deep, and uh, very intimidating soundtrack that, that played with that character. So you knew who was good, who was bad, who was coming in. 
based on whatever sounds that were being played. So how can we do this? We could record it in GarageBand, MixCraft, Soundation. Uh, I would also do it in Audacity if you have access to a laptop. But uh, as far as the final recording, to overlay the sounds. And then obviously you're going to have to have someone record the narration of the storybook. I think it would be very cool to have our students make a children's book uh, for, for lessons where you're developing characters or plots or, you know, the climax of a story and things like that and have them develop these stories that they could share with the younger students. So this is something that might be middle school, high school age. I could even tie in with the video game design. Maybe the video game sort of incorporates a story. There's kind of endless directions to take that one and sort of the same thing with our next idea too. In general, I call this the concept wrap, but really all it means is here's an idea from class. Here's a concept, a vocabulary term, anything you're teaching and you tell the student or student groups to go write a song in this case, a, a rap song about that thing. One thing I can tell people is that there's a lot, a lot of different ways to do this. However you choose to do it, make sure you give the students support on exactly how to do that, depending on how familiar they are with the type of song you're trying to have them create. They're going to need to know some things. So try and give them samples. Tell them exactly how many lines it should be, or at least a range of lines, how long. Make sure they know where to go to and how to create the beat or the music for that. And there's lots of services that do this. We've talked about uh, Incredibox as one example a lot of times on the show. A new one that I found for this concept rap idea is called Groove Pizza. And again, you can always find all the, the links for these things we're talking about today in the show notes, but just go to GroovePizza.com or give them a quick Google search. Groove Pizza is totally free, has no ads. Again, created by, I think this one was NYU or something. It's made for kids in four schools, so it's really super easy. Uh, it does what a lot of these beat generators do. It lets you sort of add different drums sound effects as it plays them in this sort of never-ending loop and you can easily just with a click turn on a sound effect at a certain spot if you don't like it turn it off try it somewhere else and then when you're finished and you've made the beat that you want it lets you download that totally free no questions asked what I really like about Groove Pizza though if you're gonna do this project is it lets you set the beats per minute that your sound effects play at, which as a teacher designing this project, especially maybe for younger grades, you can help them get to the finished product by telling them the exact number of beats per minute you want them to use. I think like 70 to 90 is a good range for most projects. And that way they don't have to wonder or get stressed out and try to figure out like what, how fast do I want this to go? Sort of help everybody get to that uh, final result without having this project last for two weeks. So check out a concept wrap. Uh, the next idea is to have uh, music incorporated in your debate position introduction. So when I used to teach bioethics, I would have both sides. They had to present their position to the class and no arguments go during this time. So it's it's specifically time for the pros to get up there, say this is their position, uh, this is what they stand for, these are the parameters in the debate which we're arguing. And then the cons would do that. But what if you include music behind it to make it more uh, influencing to your audience? my audience always voted. And you could do this for a simple presentation as well. You could create, uh, tell them to create some way to make them stand out. They're going into a business interview or some type of a meeting and this company wants you to make sure that your presentation reflects your personality or something like that. Challenge them, give them that narrative and challenge them to come up with some type of a introduction that includes music, that includes pictures, that allows them to be creative, to show whatever 
project that you want them to do. And an easy way to do this is to use Headliner. Headliner is what Nick uses sometimes to make our promos for our podcasts. It takes clean narrative and it allows you to make like a little snidbit of what's going to, you know, happen in that presentation or that debate. So it's a perfect use, especially for the debate, but also for a presentation. It's a good tie into for sort of a real life connection because sort of Headliner is built to make these short little snippet videos for social media, which is always, of course, an attractive element to tie into. Maybe you can build that into your project even And that. That actually uh, kind of walks me into our last project idea, which is, of course, the classic public service announcement. But of but obviously we wanted to feature some sort of music in this case. You know, with a public service announcement, you want to sort of capture and take advantage of people's emotions. You're trying to let them know about some issue. And for your students, uh, that's a really powerful thing because then there's a lot of learning that takes place. But they're super engaged. Maybe they pick the issue they want to investigate and create a public service announcement for. Make sure, though, for your public service announcement project, you emphasize that, uh, emphasize the amount of power or the, the weight that that PSA will now have if the correct music is chosen. Um, so we like to describe these projects as really just screencasts where a student sort of builds a, a PowerPoint presentation or Google Slides, and then they record and place their music on top of that. I want you to think about this. Mr. Nick Johnson was over at my house last week. He was uh, he was over there for a personal visit. He wanted to visit, you know, my children. Baby Briggs. Baby Briggs. Uh, we welcomed him into the world a couple of weeks ago about a month ago and uh he was over there and then all of a sudden on the tube the tv the television uh there's this animal commercial uh that comes on and sarah mclaughlin's heart of an angel or whatever that song is came on and i look over at my kids and they're all you know they don't understand what's going on one's laughing the other one's trying to put the middle child's head through a, a seat cushion <laughs> and nick is over there getting all teary-eyed on me he, I mean, the music behind that infomercial that, I mean, obviously moved him. Gets me every time. Those an right, Sarah McLachlan, that's the animal one, right? Yeah. The SPSA. Oh my gosh, it's a killer. But that's what we're talking about. You want, you, for that PSA, you need to sort of get at that emotional piece so you can use the, uh, you know, the music to really help do that. And then as a really cool tie-in, let's bring that social media element back in. Whatever PSAs they create, actually share them out. Post it on Twitter, Instagram, wherever else. And maybe you can figure out an element of that project to actually be tracking each person's videos to see who gets the most traffic and shares and likes and everything else online. So those are our classroom music tech project ideas. Hopefully there's something for everybody on this list and you get to incorporate some of these in your classroom this upcoming year. A couple weeks ago at ISTE 2019, Nick and I had the opportunity to meet several vendors on the floor of the Expo Center within the conference. And one of the groups of people that we met was Whirly EDU. And they fit into this episode perfectly. And really, they were the motivation behind this episode. As we got to talking, we, we talked about how important music is into everyone's life 
including our students. So it's very important for us to find different ways to incorporate music across all content areas, not just your typical music class. And we feel that Whirly EDU provides a platform for students and teachers to work on music and embed it into everyday educational life. One thing I will say with this whole episode and with our discussion with Whirly EDU is that uh, music saves lives. I saw it on the back of a stop sign walking in New York City once. It just said music saves lives. And it's true. It's an outlet for many people. So we're going to give you a sneak preview at at our interview with Whirly EDU. And then we're also going to release a bonus episode, a featured episode with Whirly EDU because there's a lot of great content there. And it's a platform and a product I think a lot of teachers are going to be able to integrate into their classrooms. We've got a really exciting segment for you guys today. We are featuring Whirly EDU, and we've got three guests with us from that program. We've got Andrew Anderson, we've got Robert Debu, and we've got Jason Rodriguez. Would you guys mind just going down the line and letting us know your titles and what you do for Whirly? Yeah, my name is uh, Jason Rodriguez, and I am the digital content producer for Whirly EDU. I'm Robert Debu. I'm the customer success manager at Whirly EDU. Hi, my name is Andrew Anderson, and uh, I'm the director of marketing for Whirly. All right, and today we have all three of these gentlemen on to talk about Whirly EDU, and this is a product that you'll want to get to know. It is uh, one of the things that teachers are going to be talking about and already have been talking about. We reached out to them to just find out what they're all about. So first thing I think we need to clear up here is there's Whirly, there's Whirly EDU. I think I just want to clarify that for our listeners and kind of let everybody know what this company's all about, how it got started, and sort of what the big vision is for you guys. Right. Can you say that 10 times faster? Whirly, Whirly EDU, Whirly, Whirly EDU. Yeah. So Whirly is basically a, it's a music development company. We have a wide range of apps we've been working on for uh, over the past five years. We've done apps for even TV shows like Lip Sync Battle. But um, Whirly started off as the brainchild of, of our CEO, Nadine Levitt. And she was touring around the country, uh, singing opera and singing with like Steven Tyler from Aerosmith and needed to cover a lot of popular content type songs. Um, so she came up with the idea of creating a karaoke app that allowed you to change the key and speed and instrumentation of every song. She called it turning it into like a campfire song when you added like an acoustic guitar in the back. Um, so when we launched that, we had a, a massive amount of downloads that seemed to stem from educators and music classes and students. Um, and that gave us the idea of turning this into something that could be a, a safe place for kids to create and for teachers to be able to instruct along with a, a content platform filled with over 5,000 songs uh, licensed and over 700 lesson plans uh, ranging from all the different types of music curriculums. So that's kind of like a quick one-two of how we started, how Whirly became, and how Whirly EDU uh, became our next endeavor. That's it for the sneak peek of our interview with Whirly EDU. Remember to check out the full-length interview in our upcoming bonus episode to learn about everything Whirly EDU has to offer your classroom. 
Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.